Okay, you guys got yourselves a ship. We'll leave as soon as you're ready. Docking Bay 94. 94. Alright, welcome to another episode of Docking Bay 94. I'm Carl. I'm Zach. And today, we're doing our first debate podcast. So today, we're going to debate Force Awakens and Rogue One, which is a better Star Wars movie. Correct. And also a better movie overall. Right? That's right. All right. So, Zach, how do you want to start this? Do you want to just start off with, like, opening statements, or do you want to have... You can start first if you want. Well, why don't we real quick just talk about each movie, so... Uh, right, give some context around Force it. Force Awakens is the first of a new trilogy. Right. Set 30 years after the end of Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> came out in uh, 2015, right? Right. And then we have Rogue One, which came out a year later, which is set right before Episode Four: New Hope. Right, and that's the first anthology movie that we get. Right. Because of that, the styles are a little bit different. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. So, <laughs> what was that? Uh, yeah, the each movie is, it's not easy to compare them a whole lot because they are, you know, they were, they, they came out under different, you know, contexts and they're very different styled movies. So, right. but we're going to do it anyways because, you know, why not? <laughs> and this episode is going to be a little bit different because we're actually going to debate. We right. both have a different opinion about which is better. <laughs> and it should be one, one is a correct opinion one is one is a wrong opinion right and that, so. the correct one would be mine so. <laughs> all right so you, i mean you can start if you want well the way i think about it obviously i choose rogue one so we're going to talk about which is a better star wars movie first or like a better movie first um i'm kind of just talking in general sure i mean we can break it down as we go but yeah i would say that overall i think rogue one is a better movie, right? A better Star Wars plot, okay. You know, and I won't say it's better cinematically, although I think it's close, okay. Um, but I, I enjoyed the plot better. I enjoyed right. the characters slightly better. Okay, we'll get into that. All right. What's your What's your opening statement? All right, my opening statement here is I, I mean, I prefer Force Awakens, but we're not debating. Like, which one we prefer, I guess, or which one we like better. It's more of, like, which... I, I think Star Wars Force Awakens is a better Star Wars movie than Rogue One. Okay. And I think it's a better movie overall. I like Rogue One a lot. I saw it twice in theaters. So anything that I say about Rogue One is not, like, me coming at it, necessarily. I, I just think Force Awakens is better. On your hand, at least, I think... Oh, I'm you coming might be, after Force You're coming after Force Awakens. <laughs> All right, so... Well, I'm going to begin, then. All right, so... Let's talk about which is a better movie overall first, because I think there's less to say about that okay. than like a Star Wars film. Okay. So starting off with just better quality filmmaking, I think the strongest point for Force Awakens is that it had a much more experienced director uh, helming it, as opposed to Rogue One. Force Awakens had J.J. Abrams, who has done a lot of big movies, and he handled the Star Trek franchise pretty well. And Rogue One, Ryan, uh, not Ryan, uh, Gareth Edwards, his biggest title was Godzilla, which came out 2014 or 2015. Um, 2014, right? So Godzilla, I saw that in theaters, was not a fan. I like Rogue One, but Gareth Edwards is not as experienced as J.J. Abrams in that regard. Okay, you might, you might be right about that. However, 
J.J. Abrams has got this reputation of being a reboot director, right? Well, well, I mean, he did Star Trek. Right. I mean, he did a pretty good job with Star Trek. Right. However, I feel like Force Awakens, he he got lazy. I think he was lazy. I don't think he got lazy at all. I think he went for fan service rather than creating a new story. All right, well... All he did did was, like, satisfy fans by going back and rehashing the original. All right, well, that's a point that we will get into. We'll get into that later. I vehemently disagree. But I wanted to... I wanted to just mention it right now. As a director, it was kind of lazy. Lazy? Yeah. How, well, well a sto- okay, so story aside, because that's a point that we'll get into when, you, when, we talk, when we're talking about other stuff, but I don't see anything that he did as being lazy. I mean, that making a movie, like, like making a movie in general is, like, really, really hard work, especially a movie that, does, that is as good as Force Awakens and does as well as Force Awakens. That's not easy, man. That's not lazy. I understand that. I mean, I'm not saying he's a lazy person. Right. I'm just saying it was a lazy decision to, you know, go with that script and that story. The only thing about it that I see as lazy is maybe Starkiller Base. Well, we'll get into, we'll get into, we'll get into the plot. But yeah, right. I think there's more than just that. Okay. All right. So, but yeah, so, so as a film, right. I think uh, for... I, I don't think you can just judge a film by how experienced the director is. Actually look at the film and see what the director did. Exactly. Well, yeah, so looking at what J.J. Abrams did, the, the main job of a director is to direct actors. So I think that he got a better performance out of his actors than Gareth Edwards did out of his actors. And he had more developed and interesting characters than Rogue One did. And, yeah, so I think just... You can see, you can just tell that the director behind Force Awakens was more experienced and had more control over what was going on than I think Gareth Edwards did. And also, Rogue One saw experienced some pretty extensive rewrites at some point in the process. Right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing wrong with it, but that, that spells problems in some regard because even in the tra- in one of the first trailers, you see a shot that. Um, didn't make it into the well, film. Well, that happens a lot in movies, but this shot was interesting because it made the whole movie seem like it had a different ending almost because in that shot, Jin and the other rebels are running on that beach and she's holding the data tape in her hand. Right. In the movie, none of that none of that happens at all. They, they transmit the tapes sure. to the ship. So it was like, how much of the ending did they change? You know? I don't know. Um, but that's only because that made a lot of news Force Awakens had many rewrites, too, that, I mean, we've seen in the Blu-ray. I don't know if you've went back and watched the special features that came out in the Blu-ray. Um, there was a lot of things that J.J. changed later on. Yeah, but that was more early on in the process than Rogue One. Rogue One had a trailer out already. Mm. Um, I don't know why they went with that change. Mm. Do you necessarily think that it was, like, a um, necessary change? Like... Could they not have had the movie with that other plot that they ran away with the disc? And I, I mean, I don't know what they were going for there. Maybe, maybe that was initially when they were. Like, I have no idea. I know at some point, and this might have been even earlier than this though. Uh, there was a version of the movie Rogue One where most of the heroes survived, right? Um, and they changed that, of course. But I don't think that was that. I don't know. I'm not sure what the, where where that would that scene was going necessarily, but. 
it was just interesting to me that such a radical change so late in the game, you know? I see it as a stylistic change rather than... It, they Possibly. Didn't, they didn't change it because it was terrible. I well, don't think yeah, so. not, yeah, but like, there had to have been some sort of rewrite somewhere for some reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, my other point is... Well, I have two more points, I guess, about the filmmaking. And then, okay. you know... Uh, so the score is, is far better, I think, in Force Awakens. Because it has John Williams, and Rogue One did not. Also, in fairness, the Rogue One uh, composer, Michael Giacchino, he only had four weeks to do the score. He was very okay. last minute. But the score, I think, is superior in Force Awakens. Um, okay. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't think that's... Uh, I don't think it's very relevant. relevant. Why not? I don't think it's relevant enough. None of the music from Force Awakens sticks in my head. Does it to you? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe it's because I, I bought the uh, None of it was soundtrack. iconic as, as the it? original oh, uh, music, the Empire song, the... All the, the, Empire, the Empire the song. Emp- what do you call it? The Imperial March. Yeah. The, <laughs> but but all, all I'm saying is there was nothing iconic like that. Well, you can't... All right, well, that's not fair, completely fair. There was, no, there was nothing standout to me that was like, oh... I, I think there was. But I also bought the soundtrack and listened to it in my car a lot. So. Okay. But I think there was more... I mean, it has John Williams. John Williams in itself, like, he creates more recognizable or just more, like... Uh, the, his music sticks in your head a lot more than what the music was in Rogue One. I, like, Ray's theme. I can, I can hum Ray's theme. The Jedi Step song at the end of Force Awakens. March of the Resistance. Kylo Ren's theme. I can't remember any of the, the themes in Rogue One. All right, that's fine, but I, I just don't think... I, I find the soundtracks to be secondary to the movie itself. How is it secondary? Because... Without... So, without John Williams' music in the original movies, like, what would it be? It would still be a good movie, would it not? Not as good. Well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> because I think of movies as plots. Like, the sound... The sound is secondary to me. That, what? How's it secondary? How is it primary? I don't understand. Well, the sound is just as important as every other facet of the movie. Um, I would say it's plot, characters, cinematography, like top level, and like sound and, you know, other things on the second level. That's just my opinion. Right. I would put sound over cinematography. Really? Yeah. Okay. If you have bad sound or... I'm not saying bad sound. We're Come not saying music? bad sound. We're saying, like, had it been another song instead of what it was, the movie still could have been just as good. Possibly, but, I mean, you don't know. If, what, what, my main point was that I thought that the score that being, John Williams made for Force Awakens was a better score than Rogue One. Fine, but I can put this point to bed right now. All right. The prequels had decent music, and they're terrible. They did. Have, they had good music. Because what was wrong with the prequels? Plot, story. I'm not saying like that, that. I'm not saying that a good score will save a bad movie. It helps, but what I'm saying is like that's also. But that's again, in other words, it's secondary. It's it's just as important, I think, as everything else. Would you but, rather have had prequels as we have now, but it has good music, or an excellent plot? excellent movie but it had you know not as good quality soundtrack um i don't know i, I honestly either one is like the same to me okay 
But, but that, that's the, the main point I was making before you fucking heathen assaulted me uh, was I thought Force Awakens had a better score than Rogue One. Okay. Right? Anyways, my last point was that I thought Force Awakens had a better pacing and three-act structure than Rogue One did. Well, you being a film major, <laughs> I guess you see that, but I I can ag- maybe agree with that. Okay. Um, we, we did our Rogue One review, and we said how the first act was kind of hmm. uh, iffy, but... I think most people, you don't have to be, you know, a film major to, to like, I think the general populace, like, can tell when a movie has a bad, bad pacing or a bad three-act structure. I mean, you know, you could see it when you were watching right, Rogue but, One. Um, but it didn't bother me. Okay. You, like, you can see, we agreed that the first act was kind of, eh, Yeah, here kind and of there. drug along. Yeah. But it didn't take away from the movie, did it? Uh, for me, a little bit. Okay. I, I was sitting there watching it for the first time, and I was like, "All right." I was like, "It, it was funny because I was so stoked going into the theater, and then as I was watching it unfold in the beginning, I was kind of like, "Oh yeah, this is just like a movie like any other movie. Like it's not like I forgot for a moment that I was like I was so excited about Star Wars. I was like, "Oh yeah, the people who made this are humans. <laughs> right. Not it's not some like sacred like Star Wars like thing that's going to be perfect every time, you know." Right. So I was like, "Oh." Humans made this. This is a movie. It's not going to be perfect. And I was sitting there watching it. And I was like, okay. But I thought Rogue One had a slow, like, first hour and a half, maybe hour, hour and a half. And then I, I the think ending was I great. think Force Awakens had a slow middle. Well, when they're on Taco Donna, um, with a uh, Maz. A couple points. Um, also, the whole Raftar thing. Okay, that, the Raft. Okay, well. No, that whole middle part right there. Like, right. It was kind of, eh. So, slow? Yeah. I mean, that's fair. It did slow down, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I'm not saying that... Well, when I say that Rogue One had a slow first act, it, it felt as though... Not that the pacing was necessarily slow, but just that nothing was really happening for a while. It was kind of dragging its feet, I guess. It felt kind of like weighted weighed down i don't the know on jetta yeah the jetta stuff even when they kind of it, it started it picked up when they were got to uh that rainy place where where um well you say it slowed down but do you forget what happened on jetta they had the chariot imway fight with the stormtroopers all that happened i mean um, no there was good they action. Had the death star blowing up the holy city and, right um i can't think i can't think of his <laughs> name right now Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, um, damn. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. What was his name again? Saul. Saul Guerrero. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I, um, did you he, like, did he you, died and right. did all you, that. Did I mean, you, did you like Saul? Sidebar. Yeah, they, they didn't. They didn't give him enough. He didn't mm. have enough there. Right. Like I admit that, but yeah. um, I do like that it was a character that we already know, so we do no, have, that's cool. kind of have a background. Right. But I ne- the the one issue I had with that was we never got the background of. His time as like a guerrilla fighter. Yeah, we we saw his people more than him, and he was just kind of hanging out in a cave. That's true. We didn't. We yeah. We n- never saw him actually do anything, fight or yeah. do anything like that. Yeah, but I don't know. I thought. But all I'm saying is that that's that's not slow. I mean, those were good moments. Well, I mean, slow as in like 
I don't know, action happening. I don't know. You didn't like when Chirrut, like, dodged all that blaster fire and... I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I just thought that the Jetta stuff, story-wise... Hey, if you're going to throw the Wrath Tower in my face, I'm, I'll throw the, uh, that slime ball that uh, Saul used on Bodhi right back in your face. Remember that guy? That was off-camera, <laughs> though. That was... Not really. Really? They didn't... They showed it, and it was, like, him, like, it was, like, wrapping its tentacles around Bodhi. And right. And like, like, probing his mind or whatever, right? Right, but then it jumps ahead to afterward. They don't see him, they don't show him, like, getting information out or anything. I guess so, but it was just, like, I didn't like that, really. Mm-hmm. I, equ- I guess I equate that to the Raftar in some in some way. But I will admit that the Raftar stuff was, like, when I was watching it, I was like, all right, this is, like, this is okay. It was a little mini adventure within the adventure you know right Um, i I do just remember i remember sitting in the theater in force awakens and being really excited and then a point my feelings just changed and i was like oh god this feels like almost a little boring Mm. was it around that time um there and then into right before they went to star killer base so we'll start talking about more of it as a star wars film then okay so, the important thing I think Rogue One did, and why I like it better, is it, it filled in so many holes. Okay. It added so much to the story. Yeah. And literally made A New Hope almost a better movie. Right. It tied things in together. Um, it gave you all... Like, they did a wonderful job at, like, matching up everything. From the point of, like, there's an empty chair at the Imperial... In, in, in A New Hope... There's like an empty chair. Mm-hmm. Someone's missing from the right. um, that meeting, and then you know you find out it's Krennic, and yeah, I mean you can assume that it was yeah Krennic. you can assume, but yeah. I'm just saying all those things perfectly match sure. up. Yeah, and they just did a really good job at you know explaining why the Death Star had the flaw. Mm-hmm. Going into it, it showed you a little more of the inner workings of the Empire. Mm. You got to see like they had. You know, you really feel like it's a gigantic empire that spans the galaxy. Yeah. You know, you have the mining facility. You see there um, that they store records on this one planet, you know, yeah. like a data data facility. Right. Whereas you didn't get that in the prequels, really. The empire doesn't seem as vast. Oh, you mean the original, original trilogy? The original trilogy, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. So I think they really did a good job. Not, not only that, but getting... All the details right. The stormtroopers looked spot on. Everything looked like in the right era. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the seventies mustaches yeah. of everybody. <laughs> Sideburns, yeah. It was perfect. Right. All that was done so well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So alright. <laughs> I agree with all of that. Yeah. I don't I'm not not uh trying to, you know, bash Rogue One for mm-hmm. what it did. So Force Awakens, I think at the time before Force Awakens, the last thing we had seen was the prequels, and we had gotten Clone Wars and stuff. But you know, there wasn't Star Wars was a was needed to be thrown back into relevance again. You know, so Force Awakens did that. Force Awakens brought Star Wars back into everyone into the public again, really. And I think it's a better Star Wars film for several points, right? So. The strongest thing I think they had going for it was a co-writer on Force Awakens was Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back. So right there, we have Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote 
some of Han Solo's best work, best lines, riding Han Solo again in Force Awakens. We had John Williams back for Force Awakens. John Williams was not in, uh, not part of Rogue One. And also, right off the bat, we get an opening crawl in Force Awakens. No opening crawl in Rogue One, which I had an issue with. Are you really going to judge it by that? Well, well I'm not, these are just like the small points. You know, these are like the you know the little things that I think. I, you so you're know, saying that was a negative against Rogue One? I, you didn't like it? I, I didn't like that they didn't have a crawl. Oh, hold on a second. Now, if we go back to our Rogue One review, you okay. definitely did not say that. You said you did not mind that there wasn't a crawl. At that time, I think, I think yeah, I didn't mind because I was more into the movie and stuff. Looking back on it, I really think they, sh- they, they hurt themselves a little bit by not having one. I don't see that. I mean, it didn't need a crawl. It's an anthology. Do any of them it's need, meant to stand do on Do any of them need a crawl? Um, you could say that about any all the movies. No, but it has become a trilogy thing. It became part of the How? saga films. Yeah, but this, well, like you said, this was the first anthology, so there was no other opportunity, I guess, for it to... I mean, it's in all the books, it's in all the video games, it's in all of the... Yeah, dude, but they could have put a crawl in. They made the conscious decision not to. Yeah. Because they want to differentiate between the saga films and the anthology, and I don't have a problem with that. But there's... that. If you want to differentiate the movie from the saga films, that's how you do it. I mean, there's so many it's other... one way. There's so many other better ways of doing it. They already did it. They did it naturally within the movie. The movie was different from mm-hmm. the saga films by itself. They didn't need to not include a crawl just to make it like, oh, this is a this is an anthology film, and you know, this is so now all of the anthology films won't have crawls now, right? Um, and that's fine. It's not a huge deal, but I think they it was a mistake. So I would like to kind of jump right into the plot stuff that we were talking about because I have some disagreements with you about how Force Awakens was a rehash of New Hope which is your point right? Yes I will get into that but just real quick I do want to say that Force Awakens I did like the puppets yeah the they did a really good job at making it feel different you know TIE fighters are slightly different Mm -hmm. Updated. Although they could have been, they could have been a little bit more different. Like between episode three and episode four, we saw a huge change between right. like the the ships that the clones flew and the X wings. Right. You could see that evolution, and you could see the evolution between the Jedi starfighter um, that Anakin and Obi Wan fly in and the the Tie fighter. Yeah, you can see this. You, all you did really is change the color of the wings. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I mean... 30 years had passed. I right. Mean, right. No, I mean, I understand. I understand. But but they do do a really excellent job. Um, I like the fallen Star Destroyer in the beginning. Right, right. And when Ray's scavenging through that, that's really cool. And she how she lives in a AT-AT. Yeah. Right. I mean, all that stuff is great. Yeah. That's not my issue. The issue is... The story. I understand that you think it needed to be refreshed. Star Wars needed <laughs> what, to be. Why are you doing that voice? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not an excuse for, like I said, lazy story writing. I don't think it was. Uh, all right, so this is my retort on that, I guess. Well, I haven't. How oh. can you retort when I haven't said it yet? Oh, okay, well, keep going. Well, 
So the plot is almost an exact ripoff of episode okay. four. Almost. Okay. And the, the, the changes between them aren't enough to even, you know, consider. First of it starts off with the exact same MacGuffin at the beginning. Plans inside a droid. Right. It's not... No, you're right. Okay? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Okay, so the opening scene is very reminiscent of New Hope, right? So we have, you know, the Dark Warrior coming with his stormtroopers, yep. attacking a place. Yep. The a protagonist hides the MacGuffin in a droid, sends the droid away in, into the desert, and the hero is captured by the Dark Warrior, right? Yes. So Leia and Poe Dameron, right? Yes. So... They and could then, have they could have just done something different and it would have been just as good. But so if we're talking about that scene alone, I think that's to- completely fine because the like Force Awakens took the bare-boned structure of New Hope. They're like, "All right, strip down all of the other shit around New Hope. What's this like the basic bare-boned structure more or less?" And they're like, "All right, so we're going to kind of use that and then f- and then all the stuff around it we're going to make different." Which I thought was a really good idea. To, to kind of bring Force Awake Star Wars back to where back to its roots, if you if you can say that, you know. But the thing that was great about A New Hope was it was all new territory. But you can't do it that. It was all uncharted. You can't do it again, though. You can't. Not like New Hope. Not in the same way, but you could have definitely had a lot more mystery than there was. There's plenty of mystery in Force Awakens, but I I, I just want to say that. They, in my opinion, they took the bare bones structure of New Hope, which I thought was a good idea, and then they made all of the side stuff different. You know, Kylo Ren is extremely different from Darth Vader, a very interesting new villain type of villain. Is he though? Is he that different? How, what are you talking? Yeah, of course he is. He's, Why? He, we've never seen a villain like him in Star Wars before. How is he different than Vader? He's unsure of himself, and he's very volatile. Has huge like like emotional like ups and downs and he's not a fully realized villain yet so he's not like darth vader of the new hope but he is more like anakin of revenge of the sith he's better than anakin of revenge of the sith he might be better <laughs> but he's the same kind of whiny he's not whiny he is whiny. how is he whiny when does he whine dude he he throws a tantrum and swings his lightsaber right. and destroys so the he, console. That's, so he has super, he has extreme like hostile anger problems. It's not whiny. That's kind of like a child throwing a tantrum. Who would do that? Yeah, you can call it a tantrum if you want, but like I thought it was a cool like part of his character. Like he's he's extremely like just volatile. You know, like, he could go I, off at any moment. I liked force pull, force choking yeah. the officer more than I liked getting mad and swinging mm. his lightsaber Well, they're around. just trying to give him a different thing, you know? Like, Vader was always so collected, and he would just choke people out without flint, without even batting an eyelash. But Kylo Ren, they wanted to just make him compl- on the other end. He's not cool at all. He's completely, like, jumps off the deep end at any moment. But he could have been conflicted. He could have shown that in a better way. How so? I don't know. I mean, I'm not the writer, but yeah. all I'm saying is... He came off more like a younger, like like a teen Anakin in like Attack of the Clones. He was not that bad. At he all. wasn't that bad <laughs> as as whiny, but he was. Then there's that scene where I just think it didn't connect when he killed his father. It really? just seemed a bit like 
forced. How? I don't know if it was the acting or something. It just wasn't like I didn't believe it. Okay, you didn't believe that he. Like, I mean, he was conflicted in that moment for sure about killing his father. I know that's what the, they were going for. Right. I just feel like it wasn't executed well. Okay. Sure. It was yeah. kind of corny. Like, oh, I know what I have to do, and I mean, it was an emotional moment. Hey, if you're talking, it was too corny. It, that's like a, most of Star Wars is pretty corny. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but I mean, do you see what I'm saying? At least, I mean, there's a couple times where he comes off. Kylo Ren just seems a bit. He's supposed to be this like feared. He does. He seems like an average bad guy. Average. He, yeah. In what way? Dude, Finn holds him off for like a few minutes. But listen, all right, so if we're talking about Kylo Ren's lightsaber ability, there's a few factors that should probably be, you know, thrown in there. So he seems like a Padawan bad guy rather than... Well, well he well, kind of is. Well, he's, yeah, he's not, he he's, he's not a fully realized villain, you know? He, not, not like Darth Vader was. At the same time, though, how many years have passed since the incident at Luke's Academy? It's been many years he should be well, he, better right. than he is now well in in, um, in regards to his the ending with his lightsaber duel for one he had just killed his father so he was pretty pretty wrecked emotionally two he got shot by a bowcaster yeah he was basically dying at that point he was bleeding out of that wound yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's fighting finn who does have melee training and military training right so it's not like finn's like a schmuck you know and he does beat Finn, and also he's pretty much toying with Finn the entire fight. And then with Rey, that's a different story entirely. Because Rey, you know, the whole thing is about her, you know, having the Force, you know, awakened within her. And she was losing that fight up until that moment at the end of the fight where she kind of like tapped into all that, you know. Okay, so I did actually like Kylo Ren up until a certain point, hmm. and it's kind of—I don't want to say it's because he took off his helmet. <laughs> but he's definitely ominous for the right. first half of the movie. Until the helmet. He seems like this really, like, ominous bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. But later on, he kind of feels more like a child bad guy, and that's what I didn't like. Okay. So it's not necessarily just because he took off his helmet. It's because he kind of changed – his character changed at that point. I see. I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, up until that point – I think once he takes off the mask, and from then on, now that we've seen his face, and we know that he's the child of Han and Leia, and we know that he seems kind of conflicted, he becomes less of that like mysterious, ominous bad guy that we saw in the beginning, and he becomes more of like an actual character, I guess, right. with like you know emotions and you know a backstory and whatnot. Um, which I understand what you're saying, but I, I just think that. It, what, my point, my original point was that he's a very different character from Darth Vader that we saw in the originals. So, in that way, he's not a rehash of Darth Vader, right? And same thing with Rey. Rey is not a rehash of Luke. But he's literally trying to be like Darth Vader. He, yeah, he, uh, yeah. But what's wrong with that? It makes sense in the story. It's his grandfather. It kind of does, but at the same time, also that doesn't come off very good. I, I just feel like it's a bit lame to oh I want to be exactly like Darth Vader mm. I'm keeping his helmet and I'm well he wants to be as powerful as Darth Vader was and he he's probably heard stories but of... he's also talking to him right which is in, but that's an interesting character thing you know 
But 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 what's wrong with that? People talk to ghosts all the time in Star Wars. <laughs> but literally, Anakin Skywalker <laughs> is a Force ghost. Right. He could have come back to Kylo at any time. And be like, dude, <laughs> I'm not down with you doing this. <laughs> but he probably wouldn't. Even if that did happen, he probably wouldn't listen to him because. Well, Snoke, you're right because yeah. Snoke and them said, you know, there was that there was that exchange where they said, yeah. "What was the problem?" Yeah, and it was it was it was uh, compassion, not compassion. yeah, yeah, compassion or yeah, something like that, right? Where Anakin Skywalker is viewed as wrong, mm. the quote unquote bad guy, I guess you could say, and then Darth Vader is like what he aspires to be, right? But also, what I was saying was that all of the smaller stuff that matters. Is different from the original movie. Original movie, you know, Ray is has a very different backstory to, than Luke. Luke did in the original movie. We have Finn is a, is a very interesting new character. We've never seen. They do. You think Luke Ray and Ray have different backstory? Like, it's different, but they're both live on a desert planet. That's they're it. Both like orphaned. Okay. They're literally wearing almost the same clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, they live on a desert planet. They're orphans that's it that's enough no it's not how is that that's enough? very similar to me that's but luke was living with a family he yeah. grew up with a family he had a, a relatively normal well, she was ch- living with ungar plot <laughs> he had a relatively normal childhood relatively comfortable compared to ray she was on her own okay for most of her life living alone in a destroyed atat on jakku a scavenger luke was a farm boy and it's still like she see it's still there's still when you talk about each tiny thing yes it's different but ultimately they're both the underdog rising up of course everyone loves an underdog story okay no one's gonna why would you care about someone who's on top of everything from the get-go why would you care about there's like you know their their adventure i guess you know but literally okay they literally in both movies they meet up with someone and leave the planet right. on the same ship. <laughs> and from there, it's just step by step like episode four. No, well, from there, I think it gets more different from episode four. They end up going to a secret rebel base. But no, I mean, I think, if anything, the beginning is the most similar to New Hope, and then the rest of it is more different. I think it's, I think it's all very similar. Well, Where do you think it differs? Well, okay, so we have... Finn is a character that is in this movie that doesn't have like does you can equate like Poe Dameron I guess to Leia kind of in the beginning, and then and then Ray and Luke kind of equate. Finn doesn't really equate to anyone from New Hope. He's we've never seen. I'd a, say almost like a Han Solo. You're just saying that because he's filling that third character gap. He's nothing like Han Solo. He's not the same character, but he's the same in that trio of. What? How is he similar to Han Solo? Because they are both the like I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to describe. Gotcha. I mean, you should say they're both comic relief, but I mean, that's a... no, because I didn't think they were very funny. All right, whatever. But anyway, so Finn, we've never seen in a Star Wars movie a stormtrooper defect and join the other side. That's that's a new kind of thing in the movies, is it not? We saw it in Rebels movies. The movies. <sighs> okay. All right. So Finn isn't is a is a cool new character he's the one who chooses to go against his whole thing and say and rescue poe dameron so that's well, yeah. different from new hope that's good i like that part yeah 
So that's different from New Hope, and then they end up crashing on Jakku. But Finn meets but it Rey. is still the same in that they're escaping from an imperial establishment. They're escaping from an imperial establishment in Rogue One. Not exactly. <laughs> what do you mean not exactly? Of course they are. No, they're not. They're, they are attacking an imperial establishment. They're trying to steal the plans. Yes, but there is escaping going on in Rogue One yeah, from but the literally Empire. Like, you can't and, use that as a... <laughs> no, but in Force Awakens and A New Hope, they're both like, there's a tractor beam, right? They have to get, they have to get in a ship and fly away from the Imperial establishment. It's different. The, is there a tractor beam in The Force Awakens when they're escaping? I don't think so. They just grab a, sh- they just grab a ship and, and, and fight their way out, right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so they crash on Jakku, and Finn meets Rey, and Han Solo is kind of like that Obi-Wan character, I guess you could say. But right. he, again, he's a very different type of character than Obi-Wan. And when they get to you know, Taco Donna, even though it's a quote-unquote cantina-type scene, right. it is a very different place in the movie from where from where New Hope was at that point, you know? Like sure. The second act they're on Takodana, Maz Kanata is there. Maz is literally almost like almost like a Yoda figure in I, a way. Just cuz she's old and tiny and knows about the forest, I guess, but like No, but she's like the 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 guider. She's the one who sure. is guiding. But that's not a New Hope thing. It's no. It's like an no, empire you're right, thing. But but so then and then you know the fourth, the first order arrives and, and there's a big battle there which is cool, mm-hmm. that's different from from New Hope the battle on Takodana, uh, the resistance and the uh, first order, and then Rey is captured, Starkiller base is admittedly like kind of weak sauce. Yeah, that's I mean what were they thinking? That was my biggest problem with the movie. It was Starkiller base. I was like, they literally have a, a line later on in the movie where a guy goes, "It's another Death Star." I'm like, right, and a... then and then Han Solo's like, "This is the Death Star." This is Starkiller Base. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, just bigger. I mean, yeah. it's not creative. I'm, I agree with that point. I agree with the... the it was lazy. The Starkiller Base thing was, I think, was lazy. Apart from that, I disagree with most of most other things. But there could have been a far better thing. Also, what was... What was but let's not forget that the main MacGuffin of, first or, of the first, uh, New Hope was the Death Star plans. It was all about the Death Star, pretty much. The main MacGuffin of Force Awakens was a map to, a Luke. Map to Luke Skywalker, which is a, a far more interesting thing. I just wish that Force Awakens, because at the end of the day, the MacGuffin had nothing to do with the Starkiller base, you know? Like, the, the, plant, the map to Luke had nothing to do with the Starkiller base. So right. So, sh- I wish there was a better, you know, way of handling that. But, um, you know, the Death Star took out Alderaan. This took out Hosni and Prime. Yeah. So, I will give you that that part right there but apart from that you know especially the ending of force awakens with her finding luke it's a very different very unique very cool ending of the movie i thought really yes and no i mean to me there's a lot of things that don't make sense okay like what plans for a death star make sense right a map to luke skywalker is kind of weird luke wanted to be secluded but somehow he left behind a map in two oh, different oh. portions, one one of the portions is just on a disc, and the other is inside R two. Like, are we led to believe? Weird. Are we led to believe that the map Luke was the one who left the map behind? Like, he left this map for like for people, or was the map something that like maybe Lor Santeca kind of like pieced together himself, like trying to find Luke or whatever, you know? Because he he wasn't he did have one of the one of the pieces of the map right. in the beginning, but. 
I think I think it's something Luke had to leave behind because he. I think they do mention that mm. Luke put the other part of the map in R2, and R2's been in low power mode ever since he left. Right. So it kind of implies that Luke is leaving behind. It's possible. Does also we know that Laura Santeca was very close to Luke, um, and him and Luke back in the day they were they were kind of going on little adventures together. So maybe Luke gave Laura Santeca the a very important piece of the map and was like, I trust you with this. Get this to the right people when the time is right, or I don't know, something like something like that. I don't know. Okay, but and somehow, somehow Kylo Ren knows Laura Santeca has a piece of the map. Right. What's wrong? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's wrong? How is that a plot plot hole in any way? It's just how it, it doesn't connect as well as like A New Hope did. It makes more sense that yes, the the Empire keeps plans of things they're building in a storage facility. It makes sense that rebels could steal that plan mm-hmm. and exploit a weakness. It makes sense that you know. Uh, Galen Erso could build in an exhaust port that would go unnoticed. How does all of that make sense? But how does a map to Luke Skywalker not make sense? Because it's Star Wars; it's not a treasure hunt. But you can you can say that about that's such a like weak argument. <laughs> it's just not as believable as like oh I'm leaving behind. You you didn't think it was weird how on R two there's like the map of the galaxy and there's like a missing square. And then the one they find on R2 is that square that goes... Like, that's weird. What's weird about it? Um, Because suppose I give you a little piece of a map of South America. Would you need the the whole map of the Earth and plug that little cutout of South America in? No, you'd look at that little piece and be like, that's South America. I know where I'm at. No, because the galaxy is big as shit. Are you giving me that... Sass look. It's a galaxy. The galaxy it was is, all in the Jedi archives. The, gal- anyway. <laughs> the galaxy is massive, way bigger than the Earth. Are you kidding me? It's bigger. It's not bigger in terms of scope. When you're an intergalactic yes, society, I'd say it's there was planets that. How many planets? Let's say there's a thousand planets. It's more than like, a thousand. Let's planets. say there's ten thousand planets. Okay. There are more than ten thousand cities on a map. Yes, but what I'm saying. Okay, well. So here's one thing, all right? The the Star Wars galaxy is so big. There's more than ten thousand planets. There's there's even planets that people don't even know what exist. There's the unknown regions, which sure. were introduced in Force Awakens, kind of. But apparently, the first First Order knows they exist. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you can't compare the size of the galaxy to the size of Earth and like South America. So for for what you're saying to be true. They would have had to have lost all the records that were in the Jedi archives before. Not the entire galaxy is mapped out, though. We know that from the unknown regions and other yeah, and other but stuff. The unknown regions are in a specific area. But that doesn't mean on that, the very very outer rim. That doesn't mean that's the only spot that is undiscovered. There could be tons of other stuff that aren't discovered or or whatever. I don't know. It's just like it doesn't. It makes sense that you would need, you know, a map to find Luke, whereas the galaxy is. You know, as big as it is. So you're telling me with with only that one part of the map, as they show, they couldn't have figured out where it was. They could have maybe. They could have gotten by to a, other planets around. They could it. have gotten to a certain point, and then they would have been like, "All right, now we don't have a clue where to go from here." Right. They need that other piece to know where to go. Well, maybe, that's how a map works, Zach. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. 
on, on that on the first piece of the map, right? It's it looks like a, a chunk of the galaxy, right? You're telling me they could not have seen like other planets that they did recognize, okay? And be like, okay, that's this planet. We'll go there, and then we can get to Octu from there. What what if they don't even know Octu exists? Because it's on the map, but not no not on the map. On you're talking about the initial Dude, all piece. All I'm saying all I'm saying is. On the initial piece, there Octu was Octu. Was, Octu wasn't on the initial piece. Yes, it was. The big one? The small one. There's the big piece that... Which um, one was the small piece? The small piece... Was in R2? Was the one in R2 that had Octu on it. Okay. The first piece was the one that BB-8 had, which was everything else but that piece that... Right, but that would tell you the general location where to go. Maybe, but the general... Yeah, maybe the general location, but it won't take you to the exact location... And also, it's not like it's not like no. But in Rebels, literally, <laughs> Thrawn does the same thing. He has a bunch of planets, right. and he literally goes to each one. He's like, "Rebels aren't there. Rebels aren't there." And he crosses them out. Well, also until he finds where the base is. Well, Thrawn's also a strategic genius, and Leia's not. Well, hold on. So not, maybe not as much as Thrawn is, but also Leia is in a position where she needs Luke. Now, like she needs them as soon as possible. They're not, they're not going to have time to, to fly around the galaxy looking for Luke in this in this general vicinity. That general vicinity is probably big shit, and they don't, they probably don't even know Octu exists. There's still a problem with what you're saying. What's the problem? That's my point. There's all these little holes that don't match up right. How does it not match up right? Because they're brother and sister. They right. have a force connection. She could call out to Luke if she needed him. And Luke can probably sense everything that's going on. He would know that it's time to come back. No, he probably doesn't want to come back. So if he doesn't want to come back, how is Ray? So you're saying Ray is going to like force him to come back? Well, that's hey. Now we're talking about episode eight here, right? Right. You're just you're. It's an unfinished trilogy. You can't point out all of these things in Force Awakens that. You know, don't make sense or haven't been answered yet as plot holes because there's two more movies that come out. I'm not saying like I have a feeling Last Jedi is going to be better than both of these movies. I I hope so. I right? th- I think so too. I, I think w- so. Yeah, but the, they would really need to do some work to fill in the the problems I have with Force Awakens. Okay, and they might do that. Right, but it's unlikely that they'll satisfy but, all of them. What other problems are there with? Uh, the plot or force or things in Force Awakens. That... Well, you still haven't answered what I said so far, which oh. is, dude, Luke, you really think he would just sit back and let the First Order take over? Apparently, and kill so. his sister. Yeah, at this point in his life, maybe so. Yeah, I understand he went to isolation, right, because of the problems. You really think he would just at that point when the First Order is starting to take over? Now hmm. they blew up those planets. He would have sensed that, and yeah. at that point, he should have. Come back. Well, here's all right. So, in in fairness, all right, when the the planets were destroyed, not mu- not much time passed between that and the end of the ending of the movie. So it's not like the planets are destroyed. The Hosnian Prime is destroyed. Is right after that they gear up to go out and sure. and go out. And so, what's Luke gonna do? Like immediately, a he doesn't seem to have a ship on that planet. I don't think he does, at least. Yeah, he literally might not have had a way off. Yeah. I don't know. But, may, but yeah, and also, like, what's he going to do in that moment? Like, just imme- even if he did have a ship, immediately fly, doesn't he immediately 
fly back to wherever the resistance base is if he doesn't even know where it is. I guess if he can call out to Leia somehow, but like, what's he going to do in that moment, you know? He was probably still grieving in some way over Han, and also he probably had a similar, like, Obi-Wan moment, you know, like, where he felt all those worlds being destroyed at once, you know? I don't think it's fair to, you know, say, like, oh, why didn't he come flying over immediately, you know? But all I'm saying, I'm not saying he should have flown over immediately. What I'm saying is, had they never went and got him, he may have come back anyway. Maybe, but they can't, like, take that that chance. No, but before any of this happened, right, before the planets were destroyed, why did Leia want him so bad? Because she's, I think, her biggest reason, and again, we'll see in 8 and 9 and stuff, is to do with Kylo Ren and Snoke, mainly. Because they are the ones that are leading this thing, and also Kylo Ren is her son. So maybe she really wants Luke to try and either like, bring Kylo Ren back and sure. defeat, defeat Snoke, and right. only he can do that, you know? Yeah, but so Snoke and Kylo are looking for Luke anyway. Yeah. So what? what's the problem there? I don't know. It's just like... She doesn't want them to find Luke and kill Luke. Yeah, as if they Also, could. she wants to see, like her, she wants to see I mean, her brother, man. <laughs> yeah, I understand, man, but... Her twin brother. You're right. We don't have enough backstory. We don't know really why Luke is there or... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not completely fair to, to judge Luke Skywalker too much yet. Like, obviously, he ran away because of all the shit that happened. But we'll, we'll learn more in episode it, 8. To me, it just doesn't seem like the Luke of Return of the Jedi would do that. But like you said, 30 years passed. Right. So he's a different man. So a lot of, I mean, even so, just that one, I understand it's a emotional thing that your Jedi Academy, somebody betrayed you and mm. killed all your students but <laughs> it doesn't matter no, 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 not a big deal no i'm not <laughs> i'm not saying it's not a big deal but would a jedi really do that would a jedi turn his back like that but just that, but but that's a an interesting part of it makes the character interesting if everyone did as they were supposed to do all the time they wouldn't be interesting characters they wouldn't yeah. be it wouldn't be an exciting story you know right so i'm not getting on the movie because of that all right. i'm saying is that there's all there's just these things that don't really make sense to me. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to to remember that you know there will be two more movies in this trilogy. Yeah. So not everything will make sense in the first movie, I guess, because things they need to leave answer leave questions unanswered for later. But which is why I think the other movies might be better, but I still think that what Rogue One did they did a better job than Force Awakens. Because Force Awakens set up the other two movies to be better, sure. Rogue One was better. It added to A New Hope. It did a lot for, you know, launching the anthology films. Sure. You know, um, and it did really well considering it was an anthology spinoff, whereas Force Awakens was like this huge, everybody went and saw Force Awakens. We didn't expect Rogue One to do as well as it did. Yeah, sure. And just, I mean, there's some really, really beautiful shots in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Some Death Star shots. Some, mm-hmm. You know, I really liked uh, Scarif on the shore. Yeah. Just some really great Seeing, scenes. Seeing uh, the, the beach in a like, tropical setting was cool now, in, in the movie. There's another thing, too, which is character-wise. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, I, I, I like Ray. I like Finn. I like Poe, right? Mm-hmm. Good characters. However... 
we've still yet to see more of them. Still yet to, you know, sure, yeah. see more of you know their their story, their story and their character arc. Yeah, Rogue One. I really liked Chirrut. I really liked the the characters that were in there. Jin. Okay. You know, you liked them better. Um. No. No. I'm not. I'm not saying necessarily better. I'm saying they were able to develop the characters in a, in that single movie, whereas the characters of the new trilogy need more time to develop. I thought, well, that that's true, but I also thought that the Force Awakens characters were developed more than the Rogue One characters. Really? Yeah. I don't get a sense of, like, Poe. I don't get a sense well, of... Well, Poe po isn't, like, a main character, necessarily. Poe is a resist. He's kind of like a wedge, like a glorified wedge Antilles, almost, right. to me. But, right. like, Rey and Finn, especially, Rey... Ray, I see the. I think Finn is more developed than Ray is. For Ray, uh, yeah. I don't get a sense of Ray's personality yet. I understand. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying, I think the core three of Force Awakens is Ray, Finn, and Kylo Ren more than Poe. Okay. And for those three, I think Ray had a, a decent amount of character development, where she starts off, she's in isolation, and she's pretty much like just doesn't give a shit, you know, and she's just kind of living this sure. life. And then she doesn't want anything to do with BB-8. And then we see her, you know, later on getting more. She doesn't even want to do anything to do with the, the whole Force crap. You know, she wants she runs away from all the all the Force Jedi stuff. And she and then Finn, you know, obviously pretty pretty clear character development there from stormtrooper to resistance fighter. And same with Kylo Ren. So in Rogue One, I just really felt that the only character that changed was Jin. And her change was very sudden and dramatic. It didn't seem like it made... It didn't feel natural. Right. Because in the beginning, she was all like... She was kind of like a tough as nails, like, you know, I don't give a shit about nothing kind of girl. And then suddenly she's all talking about, like, giving speeches about hope and, you know, banding together and stuff like that. Sure. But if you look at... Let's look at... um, Because there were more new characters in Rogue One. Than there were in Force Awakens. I mean, there was, well, if you're counting, I don't know if it's, there's more, but generally there was a, a larger like ensemble, I guess, right? But if you look at if you look at like compar- comparable characters, okay, Lor Santeca, right? Yeah, he's one of the like he's one of the members of like the Church of the Force. Yeah, right. So he he has an understanding of the Force, but not necessarily a Jedi. Yeah. Um. So I would compare him to a Chirrut Imwe, right? They're both sure. Right, I mean, they're both similar. They're both in that believe in the force, but that's where it ends, really. Right, but I got more out of Chirrut Imwe than I did out of Lor Santeca. Oh come on! But you can't compare them. Lor Santeca was in one scene. Chirrut Imwe was in like most of the movie. Right, but you can't you can't compare them as characters then. Well, Lor Santeca was literally in the first scene of the movie, and then he dies. Right, you can't say that. You know, oh, Chir Imwe was a better character. He had, like, way more screen time. Right, but they chose to give him that little screen time. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with... that. That's not even connected to Chir Imwe in any way. I, like, I think developing characters that people like... Okay. Right? Uh, most fans probably won't even remember Laura Santeca. Okay. You know, What's casual not, watchers of the movie. Not every, char- not every character needs to be a big deal. You know, no. they were... They, I like Force Awakens as characters more because they focused more on a few, right? Okay. Like Ray, Finn, 
Kylo Ren, Poe a little bit. They focused on those like core three or four. Everyone else was like side characters. And then with Rogue One, I mean, Jin was the main character and Cassian was probably second. But they had a, a larger ensemble, which I liked. But it made it it made it more more thin, like more spread out and not yeah, as deep. Yeah, but all the characters, right? It all kind of fit together. And just to summarize it all together, like Rogue One was a perfect, like self-contained. It was different. It was a different kind of Star Wars movie. It was exciting. Um, it it took a previous story and expanded upon it, yet still introduced many new things. It introduced just as many new things as Force Awakens did. Sure. You know, we got the Death Troopers, we yeah. got the Shore Troopers, the TIE Striker. Different guns, all these ships different things. and all that, yeah. Um, the tanks. Mm-hmm. And then we still got the nostalgic, like, callback to the old stuff. Yeah, right? which sometimes was felt a little forced in Rogue One. When they bumped into those guys in the, in the street. Okay, that's the one, that's <laughs> the one part, yes. Yeah. But I, I just mean like you got to see the original ATATs, ATSTs. Or yeah, yeah. You got to see. Well, there, there you got was, to see more urban combat, like yeah, yeah, in within the city. That was cool, like terror, like kind of like almost like terrorist groups. I think it. Uh, the writing was better. Uh, I, I had a problem with the dialogue from Force Awakens. I thought it I wasn't w- terrible, but it wasn't as inspiring as A New Hope was. There's so many memorable lines but you in can't, A New Hope. you can't compare them in that Why? way. Because New Hope came out 30 years ago and was a revolutionary film. The first in the series. You can't say, oh, Force Awakens isn't as, isn't as unique and inspiring as the original Star Wars movie. Not just unique. Of course but it's not going to be. lines stick in your neither, head. Neither was Rogue One. But, it, but Rogue One was different, and it did what it was supposed to do right. It had. It was funny. Force K- Awakens K- was. K2SO. Force Awakens was funnier than Rogue One. No, it wasn't. Yes, of course it was. No, Rogue... it wasn't. Oh, dude, come on. All right, if we're talking like Force Awakens, felt more like a Star Wars film because it. Not that it's a. Not this isn't a problem. It's just what I'm saying is Rogue One was more like a war film. It felt different and it was more grounded and right. realistic, which is not a problem with the movie. I like it, right. but. It's, it doesn't feel as much like a Star Wars film as Force Awakens does, which is more light and has more humor, is a little more of that classic Star Wars vibe. Rogue yeah. One is a little bit more like modern, like Saving Private Ryan, like gritty, like dark colors. Well, it is, it is more gritty, but they do a really good job at doing the comic relief with through K2SO. And Finn doesn't have comic relief? Poe doesn't have comic relief? I- not as much. I mean, I thought, not that I can remember. I thought Force Awakens was plenty funny. The first line, or one of the first lines that Poe even says is it made the whole audience laugh when I saw it. When when the Kylo Ren comes and he like has Poe, and right. Poe's like, oh, do you talk first? I talk first, you know? That was okay. Yeah, that was a- it was okay. <laughs> Finn, Finn was great comic relief, I thought. Dude, you can't compare that to, to, to Rogue One, though. Rogue One has some really great comedy K2SO moments. K2SO was probably the only funny part of that movie. Well, when Jin shoots the one droid, and then it falls, and right. the real K2SO... Yeah. And that says, was funny, but like... It was Did you only, know that wasn't me? It was only K2SO. Jin never cracked a smile. Right. Cassian never... Like, they were always so serious. And it worked. The way they did that worked. I don't know. If we're talking about which one movie was funnier, I think it's clearly Force Awakens was funnier. Wow. Well. 
that's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can go through and count jokes if you want. <laughs> no, we don't have to do that. But getting back to the dialogue. Right. Thinking about Force Awakens now, nothing sticks out to me as, like, supremely good as like, far as the dialogue goes. I like iconic lines or yes. whatever. What about Rogue One? Uh, the, the the comedy lines really stick out to me in Rogue One. Right. But I'm comparing Force Awakens because it's an anthology film. It didn't. It didn't do what I what I wanted. Force Awakens didn't. It, it fell just a little bit flat. Okay, I mean that's fine. It, if if you feel if that's how you feel, then that's how you feel. You know. It didn't. I mean, JJ did an incredible job at the scenery mm-hmm. and the special effects. Right. And. I mean, probably my favorite part was just going back to the puppets. Yeah. And it all that was really good. great. Yeah. But equally as good in Rogue One, I think. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, we're not going to change our minds on it, you know. But I would rather sit down. Maybe right now, maybe I'd rather watch Rogue One just because I haven't seen it as much as right. Force Awakens. And it, it's when's it coming out on Blu-ray? Like... April? I don't, know. I don't know. It comes out like relatively soon on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, so I, I definitely am looking forward to getting that. I haven't seen it since the theater. And I really want to see that Darth Vader scene again at the end. Right. <laughs> but, well, it's on YouTube, I mean. That's true. But it's like, not good quality right. and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I think you're right in saying that Episode Eight will be better than both. I hope it is. I think they're going to... Force Awakens was like setting up, bringing Star Wars back to where they wanted it. And then episode eight's gonna like take it and. But why did you have to sacrifice plot to just bring it back? I don't think it was a sacrifice. I mean, there was still plenty of new concepts. Can you at least agree that they could have made a slightly better movie by not following the cookie cutter? Well, I don't think they. F- like, I think they did it. What they did was was a very smart move, except for Starkiller Base. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I think I would rather have them changed. And also, let's not forget, I know that it's different context, but Rogue One was also a Death Star story. So, I don't know. I've yeah, just but it of... didn't follow the arc of the Death Star. Like, we already... It was the same Death Star. Uh, yeah. And it and it followed the creation of it and the plans for right. it. Right. And I, Yeah, and like I said, it's a different context, but I was just like... I think... I don't know about you, but I felt a little fatigued. You know? That's our, that's our fourth... Death Star sure, movie that we've sure. gotten, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, Starkiller Base was—I don't think a great idea. But and then Rogue One also being about a Death Star, I was like, "All right, we have." I was telling Tyler earlier, but it was amazing. I mean, we've <laughs> never seen—we've never seen the Death Star that like detailed, sure. and the Star Destroyers and the way they played with the shadows. Yeah, right. The shadows of of the. Remember the opening scene where you see how. You see, like a Tie Fighter, and then the de- and then the Star Destroyer, like shat, like over pa- overshadows <laughs> that, and then the Death Star overpowers that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Sure, that was really good. Yeah, it was cool. Krennic it, it was good. Great. Krennic was all right. Um, they could have made Krennic better, but yeah, he was kind of a bitch. I'm talking about <laughs> Kylo Ren being a bitch, Kylo, uh, Krennic was kind of Krennic could have been like I felt like the Krennic from the trailers was yeah, more was... the Krennic I want. Right. Yeah, I agree. It was down. Yeah. It was different. Um, and but Force Awakens, they could have fixed the whole. Like, it wasn't that Star Killer Base was too similar to the Death Star. It was that it followed the same story. 
Kind of. It comes, it destroys a planet, right. the rebels exploit it, and blow it up at the end. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, is the Starkiller base thing was the one thing that I wasn't crazy about in Force Awakens. You um, could have had them just building a super weapon on that planet right. and not had it been destroyed in this episode, right? Yeah, sure. And you, you, they could have gotten away with it without it feeling like a copy of the Death Star. I understand. I understand. I, I think that J.J. really wanted to create a very – because New Hope is a very self-contained movie. Like you don't need episode five and six, you know? Right, but that's because Lucas didn't know he was going to create five and six. Right. I, they, I, they had a plan going into these three movies. To make three. They could have made them flow together. And it, they will flow together. It's just that I think J.J. did – he did say as much that he wanted to create a movie that is part of a trilogy but also can't stand on its own just like New Hope did. But in, in a weird way, it's – it's self-contained, but it doesn't stand on its own because you end with her meeting Luke, and that's right. a big cliffhanger. Yeah. So why put a cliffhanger into a Star Wars movie? There's, every, there's already been cliffhangers in Star Wars movies. Are you talking about the end of Empire? Yeah. That's not exactly a cliffhanger. How is that not a cliffhanger? Because how is it a cliffhanger? Well, it ends with uh, Darth Vader tells Luke that he's his father. Right. And then the movie ends like very quick soon after that. No, but they, like, it ends with Luke getting rescued. Right. Right? And they're on the ship, and they, Han, like... Han's captured. He, the, it ends with Luke and Leia looking out, out, out the medical thing. Han's captured. He's not there. And we just heard that Vader was Luke's father. Sure, People, sure, sure. at the time, people didn't... A lot well, of people... they know that it was going to continue, but it wasn't a sh- abrupt cliffhanger in a way that, like... It's a cliffhanger. It ends with them, like, Luke and Leia, like looking out of the ship yeah and i think that was a good way to end it i agree to just like her hand in the lightsaber to luke it was like an abrupt stop what are you talking about like it was so you're saying that well all right well the empire that doesn't feel that doesn't feel like a close of a movie to me with her arriving on the planet meeting luke it doesn't feel like an ending to a movie it feels like it it feels like it's one, like, episode uh, seven and eight were one movie and they cut it in the middle. That's abrupt. Epi- uh, Empire Strikes Back, is a, there's a closing to it, and then Re- Return of the Jedi comes back, what, a year later? Yeah, like a year. Two years yeah. later, who knows? But, so, I mean, I feel like you're kind of splitting hairs now, because, like, Empire had a cliffhanger. Force Awakens was a cliffhanger. But I just explained and to you the difference. There's not much of a... I understand what you're saying, but, like... The Force Awakens cliffhanger is the end of that story, of that adventure, right? So now we're getting into a brand new adventure with Rey being trained by Luke Skywalker. I mean, we know that's going to happen. Well, yeah, it's a but, cliff- and also, but you don't see how I'm saying it. it. Like, I would have rather them not put in that scene where she goes to Octu. Like, left that for all for Episode Eight, and just had it end. No with- Luke in the movie at all. Yeah. yeah, but then the whole movie is about find is the map to Luke Skywalker. They're not gonna that that'd be stupid to have the MacGuffin be the map, and then you don't even get to Luke. I don't know. Like, I just didn't like how like if if it if the movie has an arc like this, right? Mm. It should be like closing out. It did, but and it, then it, it spikes did. back up right at the last minute, and that's but what I'm saying. The whole point was the whole point of the movie was to find Luke Skywalker. They find Luke Skywalker, it ends. 
That's the whole point of the movie. I'm just saying how I would have preferred it would have been right after they got the map and they're on the resistance headquarters mm-hmm. and like Luke, like Leia wishes her good luck. Right. And then it like end there. That would have been fine. Yeah. But I, I would have been, I would have been pretty pissed episode off. Episode eight, <laughs> I'm pretty pissed off because a lot of people are pissed off that Luke didn't have any lines that that's not i don't why would they do that because originally luke was gonna have a little i mean even um mark hamill was kind of he came out and expressed his disappointment that they brought him back and did all he lost all that weight and did all this training and they didn't even like (laughs) he was in it for two seconds at the very end i don't have an issue with that a lot of people were upset by well sure you can say that a lot of people are upset about everything that happens like people are always going to be upset about something so i don't know you can't please everybody all the time but I think I think it would have been cool to end it like I said, right? And pick up. She's already halfway in her training. Like episode eight starts. She's halfway in her training. Sure. On Oct two. Sure. That's and, fine. And it starts with like the camera on Ray, and she's training, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, it pans over, and you see Luke like, standing there. You know, that's a good. You're that's a, a Buddha. Like what? Do you, <laughs> what do you mean? You, you just did like a Buddha like st- like thing right no, there with, like I, Luke. <laughs> I mean. You see Ray training for a good, like, 30 seconds. All right. And then it pans over to, like, Luke, like, watching. <laughs> and given, and and then he says something. He gives her sure. an advice or something. Sure. That would be a great way to do her training scene. I I prefer what they're doing. They ought to hire me on as a yeah, okay, consultant, yeah. man. Yeah, that's a good idea. God. Um, do you want uh, to summarize real quick your Yeah, I ba- basically, I, I think Force Awakens is a better film and a better Star Wars film. Rogue One was an experimental film for them, and that's fine. I liked Rogue One a lot, but as a Star Wars film and a movie, it wasn't as put together as Force Awakens was, in my opinion. And I think that Force Awakens was uh, far superior in a lot of different ways. Um, not that it's completely void of all uh, issues, but I think it's better. Okay. And uh, I still feel that Rogue One is better. Yep. Um, I do like Force Awakens, and I think Force Awakens definitely provided a lot of new questions. It got a lot of people excited about that. I mean, that's what I feel the purpose of Seven was, to get people excited for Eight and Nine. That was like (laughs) the whole point of it. Sure. I mean, now there's all these theories. There's never been so many... Mm theory videos being made oh my God. about who Snoke is and who's Ray's father. And, yeah. I mean, all that was good. Yeah. But I do feel it was a little bit lazy from story writing, from directing a little bit, hmm. just to go that same route. I mean, they could have made almost the same movie, the plot been a little bit different, and it would feel much more like a new adventure. Sure. Um, I think as far as quality of the movie, they're very similar. They're both very well shot. Yeah. This is how Star Wars movies should look from now on, you know? Yeah. Uh, the original trilogy was great. Yeah. But, you but, know, we've made some improvements yeah. from, from, from the 70s and 80s. Um, specifically, Force Awakens had really great, um, char- like like I said, puppets and right. scenes. and But Rogue One really had some great shots of the Death Star. And, mm-hmm. like, it really shows you how... CGI should be done in Star Wars movies. Right. Well, yeah, I think, that, I think, they, both, I think they both were examples of how CGI should be done. Especially comparing them to the prequels. The prequels had very 
in my opinion, like boring like cinematography or camera work because most of the shots in the prequels were very static, very just like there wasn't a whole lot of dynamic camera work, you know? There wasn't like moving around a lot. There wasn't, you know, it was always a steady... I le- I, pre- I definitely prefer... I don't, I'm not saying I like shaky cam. Shaky cam is awful. But what I'm saying is like the prequels had a very just like cut and dry sure. kind of style, whereas Force Awakens and Rogue One both had a more interesting well, shots. Well, it gave and, you an angle and then you kind of panned around. Yeah, yeah stuff that like that. Of camera I me- movement. I remember what really got me was... um Well, J.J. Uh, J. Abrams likes to do those like crash zooms where you're like on something and it just zooms in really fast on you know on like the Millennium Falcon or whatever. I don't really um, like that. It's okay. And I don't like the lens flares. But he did he really dialed it down a lot. Right. In Force Awakens compared to like Star Trek or whatever, which makes more sense in Star Trek cuz it's more shiny and Well, the future. the shot when um specifically I'm talking about the shot where the Star Killer base fires. Right. And the red. Oh, it's like one giant lens yeah. flare. Yeah. But also, um, oh yeah, and also I remember when I, when I was back in the when the trailers were coming out for Force Awakens, there was this one shot. It's a shot of when they're on the Resistance base, right? And Poe, right before they go out to go attack the base, uh, start to their base, Poe like like you know kind of bumps Finn on the chest a bit, and then the camera kind of like pans around Finn. I don't know if you remember that shot, but it was in one of the trailers, and I was like, oh man, George Lucas would never. Shoot a scene like that, <laughs> right. you know, like he's always just so locked in. Sure. Um, um, ultimately, when it comes down to it, they're both really good movies. Yeah. I judge mine by how I feel after watching it. Sure. As, as do and I. How I feel felt coming out of the theater. Yeah. And coming out of Force Awakens, I did enjoy it, but I felt a little disappointed. That's fair. Rogue One, I left thinking. What a great Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's fair. You know, I felt I was glowing after Force Awakens. I don't know, maybe just because I was caught up in the moment. But I like I I, enjoy, I loved my experience. Force Awakens or uh, Rogue One. I, I felt a little bit more like I don't know, like aware of the movie. I guess like be me watching a movie. Okay. Um, but I did l- absolutely love. I had goosebumps at the end, at the end of Rogue One, but like when uh, he passes off the stuff to Leia. Right, and the ship takes off. I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "I want to go home and watch New Hope right now." <laughs> but all right, that, I think that about wraps it up. This debate, uh, I, th- I feel like it went pretty well. Yep. Yeah, and we'll leave it up to the audience. To <laughs> um, clearly, clearly, I won. But anyways, um, Tyler left the room. He should have stayed to get his uh, his uh, a little word in edgewise. But I guess yeah. he's he's going to go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> Not hear what he has to say. Right, right. As you know that you know he sides with me on this one. But Tyler, I want to say a final little thing as we wrap up here. All right, Tyler from the uh, the Sith podcast. All right. Um, first and foremost, uh, my, my my only real statement here is that Force Awakens is just way better than Rogue One. Like, I mean, I sat here. And I, I listened to this. I was waiting for a really true, solid argument like, yeah, Rogue One has this and this and this above Force Awakens. I was not convinced. Ooh. Tyler. Not you, convinced. Tyler, you had earbuds in the whole time, <laughs> and you were playing Zelda. So don't act like you were listening to what I was saying. I was listening to everything you said, Zach. My volume was on rather low. 
Okay, I was listening. Ooh. I was listening in the wings. All right, I was yeah. waiting. But great podcast, guys. <laughs> All right, that about wraps it up.